guys. I'm joined here today with SBJ from the uh, Pokemon podcast. It's super effective. Hey, Steve, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Hello. I'm doing just fine. Thanks. Hello. 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 <laughs> a little bit about Steve before we get going here, and then I'll let you kind of expand on your show a little bit. But uh, Steve's been doing his podcast for over eight years. Their eight-year anniversary was August 1st, so that's huge. Basically, the number one Pokemon general podcast that's available for people to listen to on iTunes. I'm a big fan myself of the show. You guys have done over 325 episodes. That's a monster amount of shows. Too many. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't say that. I enjoy every (laughs) single one. Not enough, in my opinion. For those that don't know about your show in general, because our show is a Pokemon Go specific niche show, right? Mm -hmm. And it's super effective as a general show. What is your show about? So like what's on an average episode? An average episode of It's Super Effective is mostly Pokemon news. And it was funny because I just finished recording an episode and we joked how anytime I tell somebody I do a Pokemon podcast, they're like, is there even enough to talk about? Uh, And there is. Between just the main main series video game line, or just actually just between the video games and between the anime and between the trading card game, there's more than enough to talk about every week. But then when you add in things like Pokemon Go or Magikarp Jump or Pokemon Duel or um, even like just events that happen in Korea or DVD releases or you name it. There's always our new merchandise in Pokemon Center. There's always something to talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't even struggle to just with Pokemon Go alone. We don't really even struggle with things to not talk about. (laughs) So I can imagine you have a a broader net. There's always something for you to talk about, right? Yeah. So the the format of the the show has has definitely changed over time. When when I first started the podcast back in 2010, uh, that was when HeartGold SoulSilver just came out for the Nintendo DS and uh, we mostly just talked about the video game. And then it's funny because if you listen to the show as it changed, the show had slowly merged, moved into like more of a TCG focus because I got really into the trading card game at one point. And then at one point in the show, we were talking about Pokemon Shuffle news like every single week because Pokemon Shuffle was updating every single week. And now I think if you listen to this, the show uh, earlier on in the year, it was a lot, a lot of Pokemon Go stuff. Because there wasn't really anything after Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon came out. That being said, I mean, we still cover everything. Like, And in this week's episode, I think we did anime stuff. We did Let's Go stuff. We did Pokemon Go stuff. Uh, There's events in Korea that was happening that we talked about. So there's always something. But yeah, it, it kind of wavers on you know, what is actually going on. And I think that's... I think that's... It's, it's worked for us. If for any reason we didn't have news, if it was a slow news week... I have way too many emails to catch up on, so we do listener email and stuff. And then the staple that hasn't really changed is every episode we end with focusing on a specific Pokemon and not really talking about why it's good in in whatever. We just kind of talk about its lore, why it was created, what's it what's it's based on, um, and people seem to enjoy that. So it makes you think about Pokemon. There's 800 Pokemon, so it makes you think about maybe oh, yeah. one that you haven't thought of yet. You're not about to run out of Pokemon to talk about, that's for sure. Spoiler, Pokemon Go players. There are more Pokemon to come. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think they're aware. Uh, I think even if they weren't aware, if they ever go onto any sort of form and people are just railing at the sky about Generation 4 coming as kind of unavoidable, you know. <laughs> Generation 4 isn't even that big. Just wait till... Uh... Wait till Gen 5. That is technically the big one. I think 42% of Gen 4 Pokemon are based off Pokemon that already exist. So uh, Most of what's going on in the game right now is just like preparation for that generation. So people are just like gritting their teeth, you know, just waiting. So yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy listening to your show every single week. There's always something fun. Like you said, there's always news to talk about. And the emails are always fun. It doesn't even matter if they're topical or not. They're always just fun to listen to. Well, I've worked really hard the last... It's both a blessing and a curse to be like, we can't go longer than 90 minutes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> when the show first started, it was like a half hour, and then we bumped it up to an hour, and then we were hitting 90 minutes. And then I think at one point, I think it was right around Sun and Moon before Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, we were hitting two-hour shows. Man. And some people loved it. I mean, some people, they, they want your show to be like five hours long. They just... They want as much content as they can get and then some people are like shows are just too long now so i've made it very i've made it a priority to make sure that we have a break every 30 minutes mm-hmm. and i make sure that we don't run over 90 minutes unless it's like you know a big game release or something or where we need to go longer sure but if you want a longer show at least this is maybe not to your audience but maybe just for other podcasters like having a just a break where people can go like okay i'm just gonna leave off here i'm gonna pick up later while it might not affect everyone, it's good for people who can't who struggle with longer shows. Oh, definitely. I mean, especially in a weekly format, having that sort of bite size option is really great because in a lot of these sort of stream of consciousness shows, there's it's difficult for people to be like, I'm just going to put it down or like there's only 15 minutes left. I'm actually not going to come back to this, you know, after putting an hour into it because I have to, you know, in the middle of my car ride change and I'm listening to it or what have you. Yeah. So kind of in the same vein with that and also in the theme of not being able to please everybody, what was your main reason for starting your podcast? Did you have any expectations for it? Like what was the whole motivation eight years ago? Oh, man. Uh, that's, a, that's a while ago now. I know. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a pretty, I mean, basic answer, I guess. Uh, so I I discovered podcasts when I was a lot younger. I discovered like a Nintendo podcast, which I think still exists. I think they're called like Radio. Uh, it's either Radio Free Nintendo or Nintendo World Report. Okay. One of them is the website. One of them is the podcast. And I apologize if anyone listens to that and like, oh, he got it wrong. <laughs> but I, somehow I stumbled upon podcasts, didn't know what they were. I fell in love with it. I mean, this was probably 10 years ago now before podcasts were even a thing, like a big thing. I don't even think podcasts are that big still, but... We need like another serial to remind people podcasts exist, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of listeners. Well, it's a saturated market, man. It's very saturated, and it's not as big. It's well, I mean, podcasting is not nearly as big as a, as YouTube or as Twitch or as just right. Yeah, it is almost kind of niche for as many people as still listen. It's we're spreading uh, the wealth amongst like thousands of shows. Yeah, so and I think like 50% of all podcasts get less than like 100 listens a week. So if you're doing more than 100 listens, you're already doing better than 50% of the podcasts out there. And there's uh, rumors that Apple will start prioritizing podcasts based on sound quality and actual listens. And so it's easier to find podcasts because you're right, it's very saturated. Yeah. And I mean, you could probably search for the word Pokemon and find 
about 10 Pokemon podcasts that haven't published episodes in like four years. And it's like, why, why are these still coming up? Exactly. I, I mean, I, I know that in iTunes specifically, the new and noteworthy section for video games hasn't been updated. I think they stopped updating that like a couple of years ago. Yep, but they still update, like, comedy. Comedy is still up to date. It's very weird. Don't understand it. I know, I think you guys are on one of those lists, either top or new and noteworthy, that's gotten stuck there. Uh, yeah, we've been we've been in what's hot for the last... Yes. I mean, we're always hot. Sure, I mean, right. N- n- a- iTunes isn't wrong. <laughs> right, yeah, there you go. Uh, but <laughs> for, it, it worked in your favor, but if you, like, if you look at the new and noteworthy, especially as a newer show, I think we we just recorded last night our 12th episode and seeing like eight dead podcasts and new and noteworthy is probably one of the single most frustrating things it's soul crushing it really is a little bit but you know hey here we are we're still doing our thing and it's it's a blast so you know that's quite all right with me itunes can do what it will yeah it is so speaking of frustrating so the reason i started podcasting to begin with was i i fell in love with the medium uh when it came out and was absorbing podcasts left and right and um there was a gaming podcast no longer exists but they would do what i mean i think giant bomb we were talking about giant bomb before uh we started recording but giant bomb does this weekly video game podcast it's easily arguably the number one most downloaded general video game podcast that exists today but prior to giant bomb there was a there was a couple other ones that were pretty dominant and i would listen to that one every week and uh, when Harkold Soul Silver was coming out, I was very excited for them to talk about it because I was a huge Pokemon fan, and they didn't talk about it. And I was like, okay, that's all right. There was a lot of games this week, busy season. They'll talk about it next week. And I knew like some of the people on the show were Pokemon fans. Uh, it's it's hard to be in the game industry without mentioning Pokemon uh, as big as it is. And again, another week passed and they didn't talk about it. And another week passed and they didn't talk about it. And I was like, there has to be. Like I, I want to hear people talk about Pokemon. It's like something I, I loved, but I didn't think of at the time. And now that Heart Gold Soul Silver was uh, on my doorstep, I was like, I want to hear people talk about this. And so I went to iTunes and I searched for Pokemon, and there was, I think, three or four podcasts that showed up. One was uh, like the Palatine Tribune, uh, which was somewhat. They were very consistent, and then they kind of were doing one or two episodes a month, but. I listened to that and I was like, okay, this is okay, but I, I want something about the current game. And their last episode was like a month ago, and this isn't about Heart Gold. And then there was a podcast called Puckle, which again, same thing, not very consistent. They are very consistent now, actually. Um, the Puckle podcast, uh, general Pokemon podcast. And then uh, there was a Pokemon Monday podcast, which was put on by Games Radar, which I believe is still an active game publishing website. Uh, but they only did about 20 episodes. It was active, and I listened to it, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I was like, you know what? I can do this better. And probably, uh, how old was I? Probably 22-year-old me thought I was doing the best product at the time. <laughs> and I am sh- and I know I can tell you with confidence, in retrospect, they were probably very, very bad episodes and not great. But I'm proud of the product I have now. But yeah, it was. I, I started because I wanted to do a podcast because I love podcasts so much and I had to desire... And I thought I had the knowledge to do a Pokemon podcast eight years ago. I think I somewhat have that knowledge now, but mm, eight years ago, not so much. I'm surprised I had a listenership back then. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people that started podcasting back then probably have a similar feel. I mean, there was no, it wasn't an established medium for a while. It was, it kind of just made itself and you can't go take a, a well, you couldn't go take a class on podcasting at the time. Broadcast maybe, but like what? 
a successful podcast look like as a format, especially for a young 20 something, you know, you really right. didn't have a, a choice, but to kind of feel around in the dark and be like, I think this is the best way to go. And I will just improve as I go along. And I think your, your show shows like how much you guys have improved you in particular, right over the past eight years. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I can only get better. You can, well, you can't get better unless you try. And I tried a whole lot. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it seemed to work out. All right, cool. So before we get into some of these Pokemon Go specific questions, I kind of wanted to just establish for people that don't know you. But and if you listen to our show, listeners, you really should go listen to it's super effective because they cover what we cover and a whole lot more. So if you like Pokemon Go and you're finding yourself liking Pokemon in general, you really should be listening to it super effective. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your favorite aspects of Pokemon. So let's start with what's your favorite Pokemon? <sighs> Woo. Yep. Woo. Yeah. The tough questions off the bat. Oh. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's really hard for me to answer that. Um, you got like a like a genre, a category, a top five. What would be on your yeah, dream team? It's it's you know it's what you feel. It's kind of like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I want, I'm feeling this shirt today. Sure. Uh, that's how I, that's how I feel about Pokemon. So right now, I would probably say like Chimeco, Farfetch. Esper is great. I really like coughing. Um, yeah, man. For some reason, Avalug stands out to me, even though it's so derpy looking. But Avalug is really cool. It's there just a giant iceberg. <laughs> Litwick. A uh, Litwick is great. Toucanon. I I am a huge, huge Toucanon fan. Uh, that that's from the Alola region. But yeah, yeah. I think those are those are some that are standing out to me right now. I love Toucanon as well, mostly just because it looks like a, a regular Toucan. <laughs> Uh, but its beak gets all hot and colorful, and it's it's very good. That's very true. I have a similar love for Wingle, just because it looks like a, a plain old seagull, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if you were to ask me, like, six years ago what I thought about Wingle, I'd be like, ugh, it's like, the, it's like Rattata with wings, but... Right. Man, Wingle has really grown on me. It's really cute. Yeah, I think all of them have really kind of just grown into their own now that they've, you know, seen life in the anime and plushies and all these other things. Fan art, specifically, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what about your favorite game? They, I mean, it doesn't have to be a main series game. It could also be an offshoot. If you only had to choose one to play for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I think if I had to choose one to play for the rest of my life, it probably at this point it'd probably be Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. It's hard to go back to older games like Emerald or Platinum or. Even like Harkold Soul Silver, we brought up, but it's hard to go back to those games just due to like quality of life stuff. I do a lot of shiny hunting. Uh, I'm a full time Twitch streamer, so I do a lot of shiny hunting. So people are like, "Oh well, if you if you do Harkold Soul Silver, there's so many Pokemon, the odds are better." And it's like, I mean, I like shiny hunting. Don't get me wrong, but that's like not the only appeal I have, and like that's like the not the only thing that draws me to a Pokemon game. There's just like the breeding is great. Catching, I really like the the ultra wormhole stuff is fun. Yeah, that stuff's pretty rad. The battle tree has a lot to offer. I like. I haven't. I've played five hundred hours in Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. Haven't even touched the battle tree besides just walking in, looking around, talking to the people, seeing what there's to buy. I haven't even touched the battles yet. So probably Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. A close second. Like if we're talking like spinoffs, I really think Pokemon Quest is charming and addictive. Um. I was terribly, terribly addicted to Pokemon Shuffle for the vast majority of a year that that came out. So, I don't know. I I can really get a lot of mileage out of a Pokemon game. And then, I mean, and another easy answer is Pokemon Go. Like, I can 
I could probably quit everything Pokemon and and become like a reversal or a Mystic Seven or a Trainer Tips if I really wanted to. I suppose if you had but... to choose one of them, which one would you be though? Out of one of those three, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know my answer. <laughs> I mean, probably like Trainer Tips. Yeah, me um, too, man. Oh, his videos are so cool. His videos are very good. I've I've had Reversal on my show, and he's very chill. Uh, oh yeah, I told that's him, not though, to say I, they aren't great. I mean, I love all not, of yeah. their videos for sure. They're all great. I've called Reversal out of being a clickbaiter, and he knows it. And he, <laughs> uh, I don't think I could live that life. I don't think I could have that with me. I understand the grind and stuff, but um, Reversal is such a very nice, genuine dude. Yeah. Um, and they're all they're all very nice. I have the only one I haven't talked to is Mystic Seven, but I've talked to pretty much every other Pokemon Go YouTuber that has existed, which is. In Niantic's eyes, the only people they care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't don't get me started on that. Yeah, um, before we move into Pokemon Go related stuff, because I'm going to pick your brain about what we were just talking about a little bit here. But what are you most looking forward to Pokemon franchise wise? And you know, like Let's Go is on the horizon. There's lots of exciting Pokemon Go changes coming. There's you know a new main series game. You know, air quotes coming next year. Hey, let's not get confused. Let's go as a main series game. Right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like right now. I'm I'm looking forward to Let's Go. Uh, there are some. This is the thing we always talk about in my podcast, and it, it. I I hope when I say that kind of stuff, it doesn't isolate people. But there are. It's the world we live in now, where there is means to hear people's voices with Twitter and Facebook and Reddit and YouTube and Twitch. It's just hard to ignore that there are negative people that can be very very loud and in in terms there are positive people that are not loud enough um so there are a lot of people excited for let's go me included and then there are a lot of louder people that are not excited for let's go because it's quote unquote a main series game or it's too much Pokemon Go or it's not what they want or they don't know how shiny hunting is going to work or how how there's no breeding or it looks like a kid's game. Right. Uh, but for me, I'm very excited for it. I I will pretty much eat whatever Pokemon puts in front of me. <laughs> Th- that being said, like there there's plenty of Pokemon stuff that I don't like. Like I really don't care for Pokemon Duel. I didn't really care for like Gale of Darkness or Coliseum. I definitely applaud Pokemon for trying different things, but um, right now, like, my sights are set on Let's Go. I'm gearing up for every time a new game comes out, we do a podcast series. It's almost like, um, like, you know how YouTube does, like, Let's Plays? It's a pretty much a podcast version of a Let's Play where we, you know, we go to gym to gym and that's an episode and we talk about our experience and stuff. And that gives people pretty much daily content when a new game comes out, usually like 20 minute episodes a day. So I'm pretty much honed in on on Let's Go, but I'm excited for what else comes after, but not really excited for any new Pokemon Go stuff. And the only reason I say that is because I live in Wisconsin and it's going to get real cold real fast. Yeah. So if they release a bunch of new Pokemon, it's probably amazing for people who live in Texas, California, anywhere near the equator, but for people up north... Canada, I feel you. You're probably not too excited to go out and catch that Rose Raid when it's like <laughs> negative 40 degrees out. Thankfully, half of that generation is like 
<laughs> you can evolve it while you're sitting at home when it comes out, you know, like. Right. <laughs> You'll just have to spin about 20 stops in a row to, you know, get the one item you need to evolve the one Electabuzz and you'll be good to go. And you should be set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know what? You kind of mentioned this, and I'm going to jump ahead to a question I was saving for later, but uh, there's a lot of talk about Pogo being a driving factor in the apparent simplification of the Pokemon series. Let's Go is literally the only example I can point to for that. And as we were saying before, and you pointed out being, it's a um, main series game. So do you feel that people actually have, like, does the argument that the games are becoming a lot simpler to appeal to a larger audience. Do you think that argument actually holds any water, or do you think that they're just innocently trying new things? I definitely think they're trying new things, for sure. But I think that we are at a point in time where Pokemon is too complicated, and I don't think it should become less complicated. But if you're, for the first time, picking up something like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, which is the latest main series game, You've never touched Pokemon before. It can be extremely intimidating. I think a lot of long-time Pokemon fans forget. If you grew up with Pokemon like me, I've been playing since I was nine years old when Red and Blue came out. When they add new Pokemon or they add new stuff, it's very easy to be like, okay, this is what I know. This is what they're adding. This is what I'm going to get to know. I have one to two years, even three years to deal with all of this before they add more stuff. So it kind of grows. It's almost like being dropped into an MMO for the first time. Like, try getting into World of Warcraft now, opposed to somebody who's been playing for the last part of 10, 15 years. It can be very daunting. So I think what Pokemon is trying to do is find a better way to bring in new people, but not to remove... Like, I, while Let's Go might remove some stuff, I don't. I think that there has to be a place to step first to get people into that complicated stuff. And I think that's maybe what Let's Go is doing. But when you look at certain Pokemon, like Deoxys is coming. Deoxys has multiple different forms and shifts that it can speed form, defense form, attack form. Right. Shaman, like you'll get into Pokemon like Shaman or Keldeo or Xerneas or Yvatel, which have also different forms. Uh, Rotom, which is another Gen 4 Pokemon, has, I think, five or six different forms. Like Frost Rotom, Mo Rotom. Yeah, even like um, Mega Evolutions and stuff down the road, possibly. Mega Evolutions. And then you get into Pokemon like Arceus, which has 19 different plates. Silvalli, Silvalli, I'm sorry, Silvalli, which has 16 or 19 different CD discs that you can plug into it. You have uh, Genesect that has five different drives. Yeah, Pokemon Go is is going to inevitably become a lot more complicated just out of necessity unless they want to really make it the most vanilla thing possible and not do those <laughs> pokemon justice which i mean it, it's a possibility but i think they've been doing a pretty good job of making it more and more complicated to serve the purpose of those pokemon like they're worth holding certain ones because they're not quite sure what to do with like smeargle sketch or kecleon's color change and all that stuff right and you also have like zygarde which has like 100 percent form 50 percent form cell form 10 percent form and it's like there's just a lot of pokemon that have branched out and become a slightly more complicated than that and just isolating one of those pokemon is very intimidating to a new player not to mention like there's over a thousand different moves like 500 plus abilities yeah 19 different types like pokemon is a already very complicated game 
And it's hard to get mad at Game Freak or Nintendo or the Pokemon Company or whoever else is making a Niantic, whoever else is making Pokemon games. It's hard to get mad at them for trying to help ease players in. I think the easy thing is be like, oh, they're simplifying it. But at the same time, Nintendo's not dumb. They, they like, just look at the last Nintendo Direct and they double teased everyone for Animal Crossing. They know people wanted Animal Crossing. They purposely teased it out, and then they said Isabella was in Smash, and everyone who wanted Animal Crossing was upset, and then all of a sudden they delivered Animal Crossing, because they know. And so I think they know that they have, they know that they can pretty much release a Pokemon game, and people will buy it no matter what. And look, I'm a sucker. I've been doing it for 20 years. They release red. I gotta buy red and blue. They're releasing silver. I gotta buy silver and gold. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the crystal? Oh, I gotta buy crystal. They've been Twice. doing this. <laughs> I know they've been doing this forever. <laughs> they know, um, but I think they also know that they need to get new people into the game. And Pokemon Go helped with that. And I don't think that was their. I think that was probably their initial plan. Was like, hey, Pokemon Go will ease more people into this game. I don't think anyone thought that Pokemon Go was going to be as big as it is. Uh, as we all remember, the the two weeks it didn't work when it came out. Um, Fondly. <laughs> But but you have as as a business trying to keep this franchise as I mean this is the number one media franchise in the world Pokemon it has beaten Star Wars you have to find ways to introduce people into the game and so it's it's silly to get mad that they're trying simpler stuff right now when in return it's just going to get more people to like the stuff that you like it's almost like getting upset that your your band suddenly became popular. And it was like, oh, well, I want more people to listen to it. But at the same time, I used to listen to it before it was cool. It's like, that's such a silly mindset to have. Yeah, anything that's good for any corner of this franchise is is good for the entire thing. Because it's more eyes, more money, more funding, more development of something that you love, you know. Kind of tying in with that, what do you think the general opinion of the fandom is about Pokemon Go? Because I've heard a lot. We talked about this prior to recording. But it, it kind of goes both ways. Some people are really all about it. You know, they think it's great. Other people are like, hey, this is bringing in brand new people that don't know anything about Pokemon. And it's like annoying to them for some reason. Or they think that Pokemon Go is gutting Pokemon in some way. If you're asking me, do I get mad when I go to a raid and people say Rayquaza instead of the <laughs> proper way, Rayquaza, no, then no, yes, I am. I am furious. <laughs> Sure. How dare sure. you say my favorite po- one of my favorite Pokemon's names wrong? Um, <laughs> <laughs> when when we cover Pokemon Go news on the podcast, I think when we first started off, it was a natural thing to cover because it was Pokemon news. And as as Pokemon Go has grown, I always wondered in the back of my head, I was like, are we isolating other fans like by covering so much Pokemon Go news? Are we isolating our main audience who listens for just general Pokemon news if we cover too much Pokemon Go news and on it like if 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 we did lose those people I wouldn't have known so at least with the people that listen to my show and the people I talk to every week they don't mind I think that Pokemon Go is just another thing under the franchise that is Pokemon just as the TCG just as you know Magikarp Jump is sure but when I go out in person and I see that kind of stuff, um, it's not upsetting to see, like, people who love Pokemon Go but 
don't really care about Pokemon, it's it's it doesn't really bother me. But at the same time, it's it's not somebody I really want to like hold or have a conversation with. Sure, it's just it's it's interesting to see because we you were talking about this being the number one media franchise, and Star Wars has gone through this as well. But like Pokemon was wildly popular when we were kids, right? But the large public swell of popularity kind of went. It's been silently popular forever, right? And then Pokemon Go was like the next public resurgence, like news articles, all this stuff like, wow, everybody's playing Pokemon, everybody's talking about it and stuff like that. It's interesting to see the existing committed fandom react to that second swell. Star Wars went through this. And I mean, you can talk about the prequels however you want, positive or negatively. I think overwhelmingly people have (laughs) controversial opinions about those movies. But, you know, it's kind of the same (laughs) thing. They were like this... Some people are like, this is great, this is expanding canon, this is expanding the universe, I get to enjoy more of what I liked about the first stuff. And other people are like, you soiled my memories of this. This ruined the thing that I had. You know, it was perfect before you got there, but I feel like just about every media franchise is going to have a similar issue with these swells in popularity, because people change over time. Yeah. I guess for me, though, it's not like it's not a new thing with Pokemon Go. And uh, what I mean by that is like I used to be very big into the Pokemon trading card game, which arguably is one of the things that makes the Pokemon company a lot of money. (laughs) They literally print glittery cards on paper and sell them. And some of those cards are worth more money than others. So people buy them. So Pokemon trading card game, a huge moneymaker. I used to play it competitively, (laughs) which involved interacting with other pokemon fans and you are interacting in a competitive situation where most of those fans are not excited to talk to you um but w- what i realized in that situation was one i hate this uh because boy it, this is people can really suck the fun out of something but two they're huge pokemon fans at their core but they don't care about the anime or they don't actually care about the video game but that shouldn't that doesn't mean they don't care about Pokemon. Now, there are exceptions. There are some people who I've played in the TCG that, you know, they don't know anything about Pokemon. They just play it as because it's the game, it's the card game they are good at. But there's always been that isolation in the Pokemon community where, like, you're not a true Pokemon fan if you don't watch, if you don't buy Sun and Moon. That's the latest Pokemon game. Or you're not a true Pokemon fan if you've never played Red and Blue. It's so, like, weird because I, I can tell you right now. People who play the Pokemon trading card game, they have spent more money than you. They have spent more time traveling than you. They have met more Pokemon, other Pokemon players than you. They have put just their heart and soul into the trading card game. So to say that they're not a real Pokemon fan because they're not interested in buying a 3DS and a Pokemon game is just ridiculous to say. So I think the same thing can be said about a Pokemon Go fan just because they haven't watched the anime just because they haven't played Magikarp Jump, which I don't know why I keep going back to Magikarp Jump. That it's game is really funny game. to me. It's a great game. That's why. It is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because they've never played Crystal doesn't mean they're not a Pokemon fan. I oh, think all... That's my opinion. I think if you haven't played Crystal, I think you really need to reevaluate your life, but <laughs> hey. I think there are times where fans forget that Pokemon is not just a video game. It started off as a video game. Red and Blue definitely started it all. The anime was was and still is a giant 23-minute commercial to convince you to buy stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But like Pokemon is just everything under that. And if you like one part of that, awesome. It's not my job to convince you that you should play the card game. It's not my job to convince you to watch the anime if you're only a Pokemon Go player. That's Pokemon Company's job. And I think what they're doing with Let's Go and I think what they do with stuff like Pokemon Duel or Pokin Tournament or Detective Pikachu, that is their job trying to show those fans or introduce new fans that there's multiple things to offer under this umbrella. I agree with you on on all points there. People's definition of what a true fan is is different per person, and yet it's a very sweeping, generic kind of claim that people make. So it's not necessarily fair to everybody. But I think if you enjoy Pokemon on any facet, you can just say that you enjoy Pokemon and you shouldn't be shot down. Because whatever, it's a game. We're all having fun. Most of the time I have fun with Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I mainly play Pokemon Go, and I, I agree with you. Yes, a lot of times it's a little bit frustrating. Like uh, these new regional eggs that just came out and hatching five Tauros, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I didn't have that, so that's that's fine, I, I oh, guess. Winning. Whatever. Um, it's okay. If I, if I don't hatch a Kangaskhan, uh, I have a friend coming from Australia in December. I'll get my Kangaskhan then. It's oh, there fine. There you go. You're not getting my money, Niantic. You've already gotten too much of it. <laughs> I think you said earlier that about the TCG players, like you haven't spent as much money as them and you haven't traveled as much as them or met. I was about to say some Pokemon Go players might give them a run for their money, literally. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is true. But in, in terms, I've met a lot of free Pokemon Go players. And let me tell you, it is very good luck trying to play this card game for free <laughs> oh absolutely that's 100 percent correct you just you can't do it competitively arguably yeah i think right now to get into the trading card game you need well they're they're about to make them really cheap but there was a card there was a tapu lele which is a legendary pokemon from the alola region and you needed at least two in your deck and those cards used to be 80 dollars each so wow um, to even start playing the card game at a competitive level it was 160 dollars up front but they are now putting those cards in what are called collector tins for $15. So for 30 bucks, for the low, low price of 30 bucks. And hey, if you like the feeling, let me sell you on the card game because obviously okay. the Pokemon company is not doing a good job. If you like the feeling of hatching four Tauros eggs <laughs> from 7K, imagine buying a $15 tin where you can open not one, but four to five booster packs with also disappointing worthless cards. I'm in. Thank you. I've been doing it for years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be right back. I have to go spend $500 on uh, Pokemon cards. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so where are you at in, in Pokemon Go? Because you're touring a lot of different directions, playing a lot of different Pokemon games, producing your own podcast, Twitch streaming and stuff like that. When you go out and you play Pokemon Go as something that's as busy as you are, what does that look like? What events appeal to you? I, tr- I do the, you know, catch catch a Pokemon every day, spin a stop every day. I have been to per I've been to both Pokemon Go Fest, so I've been to the the disaster and then the success. <laughs> and I've been to I mean, I've traveled, so uh most of my Pokemon Go playing is usually with a couple friends, no more than four. It's usually my fiance and then one of my friends and his wife. So if there is a event going on right now, we will usually spend a night or two and play Pokemon Go heavily for like three or four hours. I mean, I, I heavily to me is three to four hours. That's a fair assessment of heavy playing of this game, I would say. 
Yeah, like uh, sometimes I'm just in the mood to play Pokemon Go, and some and as a I work at home, so I I podcast full time, and then I Twitch stream full time. So like getting out of the house and just walking around for an hour is the like a godsend at that point. So just getting on my feet and like like last night I did an hour of Pokemon Go just by myself. I just put headphones on, put on a podcast, and I walked around. But yeah, I would probably say that I play. Pokemon on average maybe just 10 hours a week and if it's you know even if it's like a community day or something I'll do the full three hours of the community day and if I don't have anything going on I usually stay afterwards but for like this last event I, I'm not playing it heavily like I'm not really going for that a lot of Pokemon this is not just only Pokemon Go players but I think a lot of Pokemon players in gen Pokemon fans in general are impatient Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Pokemon company definitely knows that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. I mean, mobile game players, I think in general, you could kind of group them up into that. So I, I had a, a friend, uh, my friend Bobby was like, hey, are you, are you excited for these regionals? And I'm like, no. And he's like, why not? And I was, I was like, I, r- r- super easy answer, Bobby. Like, I have millions of Tauros. I have one Mr. Mime. I have, you know, nine Farfetch from that right before Thanksgiving event. Only thing I'm missing is Kangaskhan. If for some reason I I hatch a bunch of Kangaskhan or a bunch of Mr. Mime or a bunch of Farfetch, like, what am I possibly going to do with them? They're not really rare anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe, like, my fiancé or my friend won't happen to hatch a Mr. Mime and I'll be able to trade that to him. That's cool, but, like, what am I really gunning after? Even with, like, the, the Kanto birds coming back, like, thank you. I can take a good two weeks off raiding. I don't have to stress out about getting anything because I have like 30 of each of these birds from the events in the past. So I definitely, I definitely don't go all out for that. I'm not, I'm not chasing perfect IV stuff. Um, the shiny Pokemon is, is interesting and fun to me. I, I do like the excitement of shiny Pokemon. You know, if, if there's an increased event like the Grimer and Geodude going on right now, it's like, okay, cool. I will, I will probably put a little more time into it. Um, especially if the weather matches, like, oh, cool, it's sunny, ground, Geodude's gonna appear more. I'm gonna put effort into that. But yeah, other than that, I, I play, I've put maybe $300 into the game. I'm, uh, 2.5 million away from completing level 40. Wow. I have, yeah. I have, uh, everything but Kangaskhan, Tropius, Relicanth, and Volbeat. And otherwise, I'm done. But that goes in and out, though. Like sometimes I'm I'm in a huge mood to play Pokemon Go, and sometimes I'm not. And let me tell you, after Pokemon Go Fest, Articuno Day, and Squirtle Day, I think was all three things in one month of Jan- of July. Oh yeah, that was one heck of a month. I was like, I I cannot do this. Like I cannot dedicate every single week into this game. I love it. I definitely do. That I look, I love games that have the collecting at like I'm a huge Destiny fan, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fourteen fan, I'm a huge Pokemon fan, I'm a huge Animal Crossing fan. There and there's one thing all those games have in common, and it's collecting, and Pokemon Go definitely scratches that itch. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But when you're trying to like balance all those games, it's it can be very difficult. Uh Pokemon Go is is that is that full-time game for a lot of people like world of warcraft is probably 
still a full-time game i don't i don't even know how many people are playing world of warcraft now like i think they said seven million last i heard um i think it, uh battle for azeroth the most recent expansion was the most popular selling like the best selling expansion in a long time but i think the player base is largely i think about an article the other day has largely departed away and, you know holding interest is a is a really big challenge for games these days especially that are subscription based i think the mobile market is a treasure trove for that sort of thing and so it's just interesting to see them kind of like we were talking about earlier about the early days of podcasting about fumbling around in the dark and trying to find stuff Niantic is doing the same thing with Pokemon Go I mean it was it's based off of Ingress and stuff like that but the Pokemon element to it and trying to balance the the franchise on top of it as well and appease people and have these events and being cognizant of it being summer and stuff like that makes for a really interesting thing to even watch even if you don't play the game that's why there's so yeah. many places like vanity fair writing articles and stuff about pokemon go so yeah and i'm pokemon go is not a fair game uh i'm definitely not gonna sit here and defend it like if you live in a play a rural rural area you're you probably don't have great spawns but i could you could say the same thing about like the ps4 or the xbox one like if you live in a rural area and you don't have good internet guess what you can't play destiny 2 online with other people and you can't play destiny 2 at all because it requires internet um <laughs> so like pokemon go is not a fair game and for me it's not fair when winter happens like i said earlier if i lived in texas or california or florida i could play pokemon go all year long well i don't know maybe it gets too hot to play pokemon go sometimes it does that in wisconsin but my pokemon go play will probably go down to i'm only gonna play pokemon go when i go to the mall and maybe and i will i know i I shouldn't say maybe i know i will make separate trips to the mall just to play pokemon go but i'm whenever gen 4 comes out i will probably not hit it hard and the reason i i say that not because i'm not a huge pokemon go fan is because there will be people that will hit that hard and then all of a sudden go well where's gen 5 look (laughs) Like I said earlier, Pokemon go Pokemon players are impatient, so I know those Pokemon are not going anywhere. But yeah, for me, it, it's mostly winter that will be stopping me from doing that um, altogether. But yeah, yeah, well, there's a, a huge, a huge part of this game for sure. Yeah, I don't think there really is much of a rush to get out there and collect Generation Four when it comes out because it feels like Generation Three's been around forever, but that's not even the case, you know. So we will inevitably have hit this point Eight? again generation three started right before halloween yeah so it's been almost a year and i mean people are calling for once a year but you I mean do people really want that i, I don't know it, ongoing conversations about this right so <laughs> and and the joke i made at the beginning of the 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 interview of like hey there's 800 pokemon there will be a point where pokemon go catches up with that and then i'm super curious where it goes from there because at some point, this is the same argument with, like, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. Like, there are very loud people that are upset that that this seems like a watered-down version of a main series Pokemon game. And when we get to 800 Pokemon in Pokemon Go, which even where we're going to be at 400, and then when Gen 5 comes out, which is 154 new Pokemon, I think, which is the biggest out of anyone... Um, that's going to bring it up to 600-ish. How does that look for a new player just getting into Pokemon Go? They're going to they're gonna make an account. They're going to be like, oh, 600 things to collect? I'm out. I'm out. Um, and that's how I felt as a, as a Pokemon fan for X and Y. When X and Y came out, I think you needed 
um, 736 Pokemon to get the Shiny Charm and to, you know, quote-unquote complete your Pokedex. That is an intimidating number. And then what Sun and Moon did is, hey, you only need what is called the Alola Dex, which is, you know, I think 400 Pokemon. And it's like, okay, that seems reasonable. And they broke up those 400 Pokemon into four islands so you could, like, check off, okay, this whole island is done. I've caught every Pokemon on this island. Three more islands to go. Way more bite-sized and consuming. And so I think in a couple of years you're going to see if people are still hardcore into Pokemon Go, which I think some will be for sure, um, you're going to be like, ugh, I remember when they made Volbeat super hard to get, and now it's just everywhere. And it's like, one, they probably ran out of Pokemon. Two, look, I'm sure Niantic will love new players to sign in every single day. <laughs> but that's the same with like World of Warcraft, going back to World of Warcraft, where people are like, I remember back in my day, not only did I walk uphill, uh, both ways but back in my day it took 20 hours to get one gold piece and now when you do one basic kill 10 rats mission in world of warcraft it gives you like five gold and they're not wrong i don't know i just i just always like i see pokemon go as as one of those games that will consistently change and i think that's okay and that i don't think that will like really affect my enjoyment i think some people have asked me like am i mad that mewtwo is now going to be available to everyone after it being in an ex raid and no, not really. Like it's it is cool that they Mewtwo has um like an exclude like if you have Mewtwo in an EX ray, it will either know Hyper Beam or Shadow Ball, and the new ones won't. That's cool because that's like the memory it's that it it made, even though those might not be competitively viable. But that's kind of like what the Pokemon umbrella has always been: is they really don't care about that like i mean they do at to an extent they do compare about competitive stuff and everything but pokemon has always been in the business of your emotions and your memories and your feelings and they use that all the time like with kanto specifically they know it sells they know people go back and they go charizard's my favorite pokemon pikachu's my favorite pokemon i really loved when jigglypuff put everyone to sleep in the anime like they know or, like, a good example was Silk Road and everyone on Twitter and probably Facebook and probably in Discord, they were like, we want Squirtle to have glasses because they remember that memory. And that's what the Pokemon company has always created. So, like, do they care that Hyper Beam is not competitively viable? No, they don't care. They know, though, that you will remember that your Hyper Beam Mewtwo was in an EX raid and not in this kind of raid. And that's what they're in the business for. Um, I would like them to uh, not focus on those earlier memories. Like, we all remember Squirtle with glasses. Hey, but do you remember, like, do you remember Rowlet always being in the backpack? Probably not many as many people remember, but I'm sure people are, like... People who do remember Squirtle with glasses were younger and grew up with that. Right, that's, so, that's true. But I think and, the most vocal crowd is probably the Gen Oneers, one hundred percent. Yeah, but you know, have you heard of the Gen? Have you heard of people who played Gen Three first? They are they are just as loud. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Hoenn's not that great. Look, I love all Pokemon, but as somebody who's just played through Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, and who is now playing both Ruby and Sapphire again. Oh man. man, those regions are real rough. Yeah, the the I'm playing through Omega Ruby right now, and the map is just so confusing. I'm like, dang, this is so difficult. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't remember what to do. Like, <laughs> like I said, they're in the business of 
memories and emotions and they they have definitely used those to their advantage and i think like they like if anything shows that more clearly it's lucky pokemon and i i will sit here and maybe in six months to two years somebody can tell me i'm wrong or they can go back because i've been wrong all the time look listen to my podcast i'm wrong consistently that's fine uh but like to say that niantic thought of lucky pokemon there is no way they did one It is still the Pokemon company at the end of the day. Niantic is just one of the developers, just like Game Freak is one of the developers. And there has been plenty of interviews where Game Freak was like, we made the game, but Pokemon company said they specifically wanted Lucario featured, so we made Lucario a dominant Pokemon. By the way, I can't wait for when Gen 4 comes out and everyone complains that Riolu is incredibly hard to find because I guarantee you it will probably be the hardest. Lucario and Riolu will probably be the hardest Pokemon out of Gen 4 to get. Anyways, I am positive that in like six months or a year or maybe two years down the line that we will, that Masuda will come out and be like, I remember when I made Lucky Pokemon for Pokemon Go and we're bringing it to generation 10 where the older your Pokemon is, when you trade them with people, they will be lucky. There is not a ounce that I, there's no feeling that Niantic came up with that. Like that had to come specifically from the Pokemon company to roll out in Pokemon Go, to then test for future games. And the only thing that Lucky Pokemon does is prove my point that they care so much about making memories and nostalgia. And now Pokemon from 2016 that probably most people kept because it was like, this was my first Squirtle that I caught, or this was the first Hitmonchan I found the first week of playing the game. Like, that's the only reason you kept it. It wasn't, you didn't keep it because it was competitive. You didn't keep it because it had good CP. You kept it because of a memory. And now they have specifically said, like, if this Pokemon is more than a year or two years old, it has a higher chance of lucky. Now people are like, oh my god, I have all these Pokemon from 2017. I can't possibly throw them away because they could possibly be lucky in another year. Like, they're doing it right now. They're doing it in front of your eyes of playing with your feelings and your emotions. And I love lucky Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. I do. But that's just a... Definitely like the business that the Pokemon company is in. And I'm okay with that. And they can have more of my money. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. Yeah, Yeah, I love it too. Like if 12 years ago, I wouldn't be able to, I mean, there's the whole cannot move from gold, silver, crystal to ruby, sapphire because of the hardware limitations. If, if that was a thing, like every couple of years where like, oh, you know, diamond and pearl doesn't work with black and white. I'd be like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Like, the thing about Pokemon is moving them up from generation to generation, and it's so cool to be like, I caught this Pokemon 13 years ago. That's unreal to think about. And I love it, and I think it's great, and that's probably one of the most driving factors that I have uh, and why I like the franchise and the series so much is because it keeps going. And again, not to go back to World of Warcraft, but that's why people keep playing that game. It's because every year they can look back and go like, Oh, remember when we did this raid or remember when we killed this boss or remember when we had uh remember when this region used to look different. People want that continuing game and I think Pokemon does a good job of roping people along like that and giving them something to look forward to and something to enjoy. I'm sorry, I'm really rambling. Oh, no, you're not. This is incredibly relevant because I mean I mean you're hitting on some stuff that may not resonate with some Pokemon Go players right now, especially if they're brand new to Pokemon with this game. But they're going to think 
maybe maybe they'll remember listening to this years down the road but this will make sense to them later it makes sense to us now because we've been playing pokemon forever right since we've been kids but for yeah. those people they'll look back five years from now and be like man this lucky pokemon is from like you know 2016 when i first started playing this game and now i've traveled the world i've been to five go fests i've met all these people and my life is different because of this and they're going to be like dang this means a lot to me and i wasn't expecting a mobile game i played for fun or to get out and walk more to mean this much to me yeah and there will be people that will be like this is worth nothing to me because it's not 15 15 15 and that's and, and you know what the beautiful thing about the game is that it allows for both of those types of people to play together and still have a good experience you know yes and now I go out of my way to make sure if I'm in a ho raid, I use six giraffe rigs <laughs> because I cannot wait for that person to like look above the crowd and go, who's using six giraffe rigs in this ho? Oh, <laughs> calm down, dude. There's 20 of us. We'll be able to do it. But I'm here for that memory. I'm here for that memory. These giraffe rigs are kicking butt right now. This ho is not shiny. I'm mad. I'm moving to the next raid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that. that- that got me right there. I, I've I've seen that happen in person <laughs> so many times now. My goodness. All right. Well, we we've uh, been here for a while. I'm gonna wrap this up. Steve, thanks so much for spending time uh, with me here and with our listeners and talking about Pokemon Go for a little bit. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, and now, before we get out of here, what is the best way for people to listen to it? Super effective, and also more importantly, how can they support you? Uh, so it's super effective is pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. If you just type in Pokemon podcast, you'll get my show and a bunch of other Pokemon podcasts that exist. Uh, but it's super effective. Pretty easy to remember one of the things that exist in Pokemon since day one, but iTunes, Apple, or I should say Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, Google play, pretty much any podcast feed, PokemonPodcast.com. Somehow I got really lucky with no one buying that domain um but that's an easy one to remember pokemonpodcast.com and uh yeah we have a patreon that you can support um i mean just giving my show a chance uh would be really great if you want something if you're curious outside of pokemon go what happens and you want my uh very strongly opinionated views on things um uh you can you can find the patreon on just pokemonpodcast.com and find episodes there too if you're if you're unsure where to look uh, we have a a specific web page on it, so like if you're unsure of how to find other, po- you found this podcast, so it probably shouldn't be that hard. But if you're unsure how how to listen to the show, there's multiple outlets to do that. But yeah, uh, it comes out every Monday. It's like 90 minutes long, so either you love that or you hate that. <laughs> I mean, I love and hate it because every Monday night I'm like, oh, man, how is it not Monday again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, I've been uh, doing that for real long. And then, like I said earlier, we'll be doing a uh, pretty much like a diary series when Let's Go comes out. So that'll be really fun if if you need something to listen to while you play along with Let's Go. It's usually we record 20, 30 minutes between every gym. So it's like, OK, this episode's Brock. This episode's Misty. This episode's Lieutenant Surge. So if you don't you don't have to worry about spoiling yourself, because I'm sure there will be things in Let's Go that will be new and unfamiliar to people who play Yellow that would be like, oh, cool, like, I didn't know they were going to do that, or I didn't know this character would be returning. Right. Um. So we do it in a format that it's not spoiler, but you can follow it, follow along, because if anything, that Pokemon Go has kind of proven it's Pokemon is fun when you're doing it with other people, and it's fine to play Pokemon Go by yourself, but 
if you're sitting there playing like Let's Go Pikachu or Diamond and Pearl by yourself, like I know the feeling. I know the like this is why I started podcasting. I know the feeling of like I wish I had somebody else to talk to about with this or in this case listen to since podcasts are only one direction. Right. Right, exactly. Great. Okay. Well, I love the show. You guys should give it a listen. Again, it's it's super effective. I'll put links in the show notes and on our website for you guys to quickly go find that if that's a mouthful or you forgot the name. And thanks again, Steve, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. 